today on Geekdom Empowers. What kind of uh, European comic books did they have? Uh, they had, uh, they had like, uh, they had some Spider-Man comics and some X-Men comics from the 70s, like the ones about Chris Claremont, who is still a great idol of mine. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, superhero comics there were, and then there was Lucky Luke, uh, like an Asterix and Obelix, like those European classics, mm-hmm. and a lot of Donald Duck comics, like Donald Duck mm-hmm. is in Finland, like it's, it's a mega a mega successful comic over here so a lot of Donald Duck there as well You are listening to Geekdom Empowers the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness Welcome back my name is Guy Hasson and this is Geekdom Empowers Geekdom Empowers is the podcast that highlights creators and fans in the geek world who do not often get to be highlighted. It's these people who make up, it's us, who make up almost all of the geek world. By talking to each person, by hearing their stories, Geekdom Empowers creates a huge, giant, world-sized quilt of the geeks all around the world. Each person is a story and together we are one story, one huge Geekverse Quilt. <laughs> the Geekverse Quilt always makes me laugh, but it's accurate. Today's guest is Nina Evelina, a webcomic book creator from Finland. She's been working on and publishing her webcomic series, Numb, for years now. In this episode, she'll talk about how to start when you don't feel ready, about what to do if you are aware that there are people more talented than you all around. She'll talk about the comic book scene in Finland. And, oh yeah, we'll also talk about witches. In fact, we're going to start with witches. What are those books behind you? Oh, there are some um, art history books and some animation books. I have a very big library on different different um, art research books because I get very inspired about uh, everything like fine art, animation, craftsmanship and all that. So I always like go binge buying these big books. So I have a huge library for that. So right behind me, there's like um, some uh, world art history. And then there's some actually some old Finnish like uh, which book like the official official but uh, the old school spells that um, old time witches used to do wait, 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 wait. let's talk about that there's a witch book a Finnish oh. like the Finnish witches yes there's uh, uh, this uh, black book that's uh, some some witch had written about some people she didn't like and it actually survived old times and it was like reprinted. This kind of old spell well, book. Show that the... in the middle of the frame. Show that in the middle of the frame. Oh, yes. Here. Mustakiria. Yes, Mustakiria. It's a Finnish for black book. And it has been found in 1862. And it's a Finnish witch book, basically. Wait, and and other bigger book I have is this... Um, old spells from the people of Hame, which is uh, this section of Finland. And this is basically collecting all the uh, uh, regional spells that uh, 
people used to do like this old like good fortune or if you want bad intentions to someone you did something like you get some cats here and run around circles around their houses five times and stuff like that so so there's a big book for that like just in case if i need ever a good spell <laughs> i i bought it <laughs> you tried a spell once no i haven't yet i'm a bit there's a different spells for different cities so i need to be at the right place i think to try oh. them out but i didn't know at all that there was a uh, uh... A history of uh, witches or folklore of witches in Finland is it was what's the story behind that uh, uh, yeah there's um, there's uh, before Christianity arrived to Finland like most of the Nordic and European countries there were a lot of like pagan beliefs and uh, witches were like very common common things like We didn't call them witches exactly. I'm not sure what the English world would be, what we call them. But but there used to be people who were like very connected with nature. And we uh, believed in all these different spirits and, and creatures that, that lived. And and yeah, so, so there was a lo lot of uh, strong connection to those kind of like beliefs before Christianity came. And even after Christianity, like it took some time for... Christianity really sets foot in our land so there's like big big tradition of these old old kind of ways that people used to have and we still have uh, some traditions around around these old beliefs like in in midsummer in midsummer like when the sun is like the highest point and when it's basically the harvest season like people are celebrating um that's usually the night people can still do some some like love spells for boys they like or oh. that. so those kind of little traditions are still alive here but but yeah there there's there's some witches have been here. i'm also hearing like i'm sorry I'm, i'm on this but i think it's really interesting and we're also yeah. talking about background so uh i'm hearing you know in christianity in judaism in most other religions that i specifically know yeah um the the main people priests or whatever it is were, mm -hmm. in, uh, were male and you're saying witches were actually the powers in the women right the women had the power uh yeah doesn't uh, yeah there were women who were witches but actually there was a big popularity of uh, males who also were like um were, who were also witches um like I, I'm not sure how to, you know, there's uh, many Finnish words for them, but I do not know how to translate them right off the bat. But there, there were a lot of like uh, male, male witches as well. And they were like these kind of roamers that if you, if they crossed, crossed your place and you didn't offer them shelter or food, they could maybe like curse your like harvest for the next season. So you have to be really friendly to them. But But yeah, like it, it's it's not it wasn't just a, a thing for for ladies, even though there was a lot of like lady witches, but there were also a lot of a lot of males as well. So it wasn't that kind of um, divided by gender. But I think like in later time, like when they when they started to like hunt witches and all that, I think that's the moment it turned more towards women, like when when the 
witch hunts happened, then they were also a big deal in Finland as well, like when the Christians started to um, burn people. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that, that happened here as well. And in that case, there was, like, there were males as well, but I do think there was more women who were burned when that, that started mm. to happen. And when did Christianity come? How long ago? Uh, it's, uh, I think, a few hundred years. I do, I'm not sure if I know the very specific year, but I, I do think it's, uh, well, well, this black book I have, it's from like uh, 1800s. So I think it's around, around 18, 1900s, like that switch. It started to, it started to appear. And it was, it was common in 1900s already, yeah. I think. I would say some some other Finn will know and then they will call me out. But before that happens, like I think that's that's the like the uh, big time scope we could maybe set it on. And thank you. That was really interesting. I didn't know any of that. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I, I'm glad. I hope I said some of it right. I, I'm not expert on the, on the subject. I'm just very interested of this stuff. So yeah, it's it's good that you found it good. Interesting. Uh, so let's talk about you now. Like, can you talk a little bit about your origin story? Like, where did you start? Where did you start? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I started um, if, uh, to really to comics. I can like put it put it on on that on, on the pin on comics. So because comics were actually the first thing I really got invested in drawing, and I never stopped. And um, Originally, I got started like you know, uh, in the well. Well, yeah, I'm Finnish. Sorry, now I'm now I'm thinking out loud. Where do I, did I start? Well, yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I keep it in comics. Yeah, I started like around four years old or or so when I read the very first comics, and I didn't know how to read, but I look at the pretty pictures, and I read a lot of like Marvel and DC and all these kind of like European comics and Finnish comics and American comics. Like I was really lucky that I was surrounded by comics from very young age. Our grandparents had a really big library of different comics. So that was, that was my first touch on them. And well, then, uh, 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 your grandparents had a big collection of comic books, which are also European comic books. So that means it goes back decades. Uh, so what kind of uh, European comic books did they have? Uh, they had, uh, they had like, uh, they had some Spider-Man comics and some X-Men comics from the 70s, like the ones by Chris Claremont, who is still a great idol of mine. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, superhero comics there were, and then there was Lucky Luke, uh, like an Asterix and Obelix, like those European classics, mm -hmm. and a lot of Donald Duck comics, like Donald Duck mm -hmm. is huge in Finland, like, it's, it's a mega... A mega successful comic over here so a lot of Donald Duck there as well. Why did they collect comics like does it run in your family like your grandparents your parents and then you? Uh, uh, my grandparents they really didn't care for comics but uh, my um, my father and and like the, the comics were what they ordered for like for like the kids before us like the previous generations was were interested in comics so they ordered it for them so the kids before us read them and then the comics remained there and then the grandchildren read them and then the next ones 
unfortunately now the comics have been thrown out like they got rid of them and i i'm afraid they threw them to trash and that's that really hurts me because i would have wanted to save them because they were really like really valuable comics like great stuff there but now it's uh, one summer we come back and it's all gone (laughs) but it lasted yeah like when i was in my early 20s Mm-hmm. I was so hooked on comic books, also Chris Claremont, um, and I just I realized it was sucking so much money for me. Yeah, said, I have to get rid of the comic books. I have to get rid of the temptation. And my grandmother said, "You know what? I'll take your comic books. I'll give them to needy people and people who don't have anything." And I said, "Okay." And a couple of years later, when I came back to comic books, she said, you know, I didn't throw any of your comics away. I just kept them and she gave them back to me. That's fantastic. That's really great. But yeah, I really do relate to the fact that comics are expensive. Like when uh, I continued, like I never like dropped out of comics. But uh, at the same time, like as in our childhood, there was a lot of European and American comics. But then when we were pre-teens and like early, early teens, uh, manga uh, arrived to Finland, like mm. all like Eastern comics, and we completely got hooked on it. And sure. there was like uh, so many like, and then there was this time when they started to publish these new comics and we were like, very like, we are going to buy them all and we are going to read them all. And it was, it was really expensive for our like weekly allowance, like all the money went to just comics but but it was great like i i'm really happy about it because my comic book shelf is really full of very random stuff and really obscure things because i was in that mood that i wanted to read absolutely everything like even if i didn't like it that much i still still finished it because i just wanted to read every story that there was so now it's nice because i have grown a lot more pickier and a lot more stingy with my money, but I can say that I have read so much and so many different things now because it was it was possible for me. So so that's really funny, but but it's really expensive, yeah, collecting comics. I used to spend uh, when I was in a teenager in uh, the United States. I spent we had uh, lunch money for the cafeteria and for high school, and I spent my lunch money on the comic book store outside the school buying like really old comic books which were cheap and that's uh that's what i did (laughs) yeah yeah but but it's but they last longer than the lunch show it was investments okay so you were drawing at a very young age yes and let's continue with your origin story and I stop oh, you in the middle when I something. Yeah, 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 please do if you find something to talk to Sean because I ra- I have a habit of rambling and then my mind goes to different directions. So just pinpoint me and something you want to hear more of. That's that's good. That's good strategy with me. But uh, anyway, yeah. So there was a lot of comics and a lot of inspiration from there. And I also have a big sister who's like two years older than me. And she's also like very, very much into comics. And when she started drawing comics around seven years old or so, I really followed suit. Like I really, it started as copying her, but eventually I've made up with my own stories. But 
they were basically very like Donald Duck and then Jeff Smith Bone Jeff Smith's Bone was also great inspiration but all those different comics like we were just kind of drawing those stories with our own characters and that's that's something I did like these these little comics of mine I kept doing them from like uh, the whole elementary school I would say like I I have like these 13 like albums worth of like these adventure comics with these characters that's uh, unfortunately I don't draw them right now but I think sometimes maybe it would be fun to bring them back in in some form but maybe mm. maybe later but yeah I I drew these kind of stories as a as a kid and then the manga and preteens hit and I wanted to make serious art like now it's no time for comedy anymore now we do crippling, very angsty, angsty comics. And then it's also went to that phase when you are not happy with anything. So you never finish what you start. So mm-hmm. then there was this long era of unfinished comics where I had some big epic idea and then I do draw two pages and then it like drops off. And, and then uh, around that time, I focused mostly on drawing and like uh, planning different stories. And then when I graduated high school and uh, got lucky and got into university that's when I started to create NUMP that I that I still still do so so that was and the idea for that came around junior high so it has been like brewing in my head and then when I um, started uh, graduated from high school I finally started to drive because I figured that uh, I have been waiting so long like I want to draw comics but I'm scared of not being good enough then I finally had the mindset that I have to start drawing it because that's the fastest way to learn and if I don't start it I will I will never start it you know because if you if you wait forever to be good enough at something you will never you will never be satisfied so it's better to just learn by trial and error (laughs) That's a that's not an easy lesson to to. Yeah, it, yeah. it's it, yeah, it's not. It's like it's not. It's something like I just accept it. <laughs> but uh, in in even in school, like I always like there was a lot of like drawers, so I got used to not being you know the best one. I know some people have like the culture culture shock of being like the best drawer and like small small like class and then they go to internet and be shocked by the talents that everyone has but mm-hmm. like there i already had my like big sister who was older than me and she did everything everything better in in that sense and then there was other drawers in my class so i was kind of used to being like like yeah i enjoy drawing and i'm good at it but there's like always someone who's at least as good or better so so for me like I get I got that like mindset of it doesn't have to be perfect really like early on because otherwise like I would just have been like yeah I I learned it young so I can just keep on drawing because if I hadn't I would probably have stopped because I would be so defeated by people on the same age uh, doing so much better than me but but instead I just decided like oh no it's not the it's not a rush because I. It's good that I had all these old comic book idols because I could see like, okay, so Jeff Smith was like, he's like forty or fifty year old man and he can draw that well. And if I'm like now ten years old, then I have time time to learn. So I always uh, 
thought about it that way. Like it was good that I had the comic idols who were like old, old, not old, but adults, like old adults, mm. not like 20 or something. They are like 30 and 40. So for teenager me, it was like, okay, so there's like 10 years time. Like uh, if I'm there at that point, it will be good, but I do not need to be there now. So, so that was something that was a mindset I adopted really early on. And I'm, I'm really glad I did. And I have, I have stayed with that. And what was your, the first comic book that you stayed with? What was it about? Uh, uh, you mean the comic book I stayed with? Uh, uh, one that you had the idea from junior high, but you actually kept oh, yeah. finishing it. Oh yeah. That the, the one, the one I, I, started doing is uh, is numb the webcomic i'm creating right now so that's the thing um, you're doing now it's yes yeah from junior high school uh yeah i i started to have the idea for it in junior high like that's when i started to sketch the characters and have the idea for it and then um i draw the first very first pages at the very end of high school and then after that, I have been drawing it like uh, weekly. Uh, I started to update it like three years later, like I worked up a big buffer for it. And then mm. I started to update it uh, like, um, let's see, like after my freshman year in university. So I started to update it weekly. And from that one, that point onwards, it had been really like regular, like it had been it has been part of my daily life for for over 10 years now. In wow, that, that is a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it has been in uh, it has been online like for five or six years. Six years actually. We turned six years this August. But I have been creating it before that, like 10 years. So it's it's really it will be weird the moment it will actually be finished. <laughs> I don't know. I, is I there an ending? Is there an ending? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have an ending in mind. Like when I started, I had the start, the middle part, and the ending very, very clearly in my mind. And uh, the thing is, I worked with scripts very loosely. Like I have it all in my head, and I just go through it in my head like multiple times a day. That's the that's the way I remember it best. Yeah. But it also it also leaves room to move things along. Like, because I had the original idea and the big strokes are still the same. But as like, as the 10 years have gone by, I have room to change the story a bit. Like there's, there's some sure. things I have pushed and some things I have taken back and brought some characters uh, like more on the front than maybe left others out. So it's, it's good to, for me, the way to work, you know, the thing, have it in my head and have mm -hmm. the broken but have the give myself space to move around has been really has proven to be really good good way to yeah. do the what is can can you talk about nam a little bit like what's the story behind it and who are the characters yeah yeah uh, nam uh, it's a it's a first of all it's a mystery comic and it's done completely with uh, watercolor traditional watercolor art and i have the uh, first volume that we managed to print this year with oh. me yeah it's it's the first it's the first prologue and uh, five chapters the first 200 pages about and the story for how many pages uh 200 200 pages mm -hmm. in the first book 
in the online we are over 400 pages at the moment so okay. we are going strong but yeah the story it's the, it's a mystery comic made in watercolor and it's a uh, the story is, um, it combines the elements of uh, surreal horror and then there's a very character-driven drama. Like it's very character-driven story and the characters are what's like pushes the narrative forward. But the story centers around Levi and, and his childhood friend Susan who have been close in, in their childhood but since then they have drifted apart and there has been some skeletons in the closet between the two. And as they grow older, they decide to maybe reconnect and meet again and maybe talk things through. But before they manage to meet again, Levi ends up in a traffic accident. And behind this accident, it seems to be something, something more than Levi lets on. Because when Levi gets hit by a car, Levi first tells that he was trying to save someone from the uh, uh, cross streets, but no one else in the scene saw anything. They just saw Levi run under a car. So there's this uh, mix of narratives that Susan is being brought and mm -hmm. Levi refuses to tell her what is the truth. And that's what sets the story going. And we are following both Susan and Levi as from Susan trying to figure out what's going on and from Levi, from his perspective, that reveals a bit more about what's going on in his side of the end and how he's still very, very much lost like Susan, but in his own way. And the themes around the comic are very much uh, for friendship. And then the, it handles a lot about uh, different traumas that can stick with us and how they can manifest themselves in in different forms in our lives and how how some events that you can experience they can like stay with you in very different ways there's a big cast of characters who all have something something behind them that they carry carry around and then these characters who are very different from each other connect with each other and maybe maybe help or maybe make each other's life more difficult that we, that remains to be seen but yeah now this story about trauma and connection for me i would say no supernatural stuff oh that there's some supernatural there very very much yes uh, it's uh, it's it's sprinkled around like a little salt there and there so people know that there's maybe something supernatural going on but there's also a big, great deal of the horror comes from the psychological angle but there is indeed something supernatural going on anything behind. to do with witches uh, for witches no actually no. maybe more something with with ghosts and maybe some lovecraftian no spoilers. If there's anything you say and you want me to cut, let me know how to cut it. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. There is some supernatural, but but it remains to be seen. And uh, the ones who read, read far enough will be rewarded. <laughs> that's, that's one feedback I have gotten from my readers. Like they can start reading the comic and expect it to be some, okay, it's some drama. Maybe it's romantic comic. And then certain chapters start to happen and they can get completely floored by, by mm -hmm. what follows. So it's, it's, okay. it's a comic that probably will surprise people who go in blind. And, 
And you wrote it originally in English? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I wrote it originally in English because I I had a lot of like internet friends from abroad, so I thought it would be nice that they could read it as well. And the thing is that uh, English webcomic uh, scene is bigger than in Finland. There are Finnish webcomics as well, but there's uh, there's uh, there's and there are reader base for it, but it's a there's not as much interactivity as in in English speaking, like there's a lot bigger chance to get some feedback and comments and people who interact with your work in English because it's like there's just more people that way. Sure. So 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 that was my choice behind it. And eventually I do want to when the comic is over and published, I want to I want to give it a finish run as well, like in yeah. print. But that will be that will be once it's done. And can can you talk a little bit about the Finnish webcomic scene? Like, what is that about? Because most people outside Finland, I'm guessing, wouldn't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Finnish, Finnish, uh, Finland has a big comic scene and there's a lot of really talented creators. There's uh, a lot of people who make in English their comics like me. And then there's people who make them in Finnish. So they are both languages and there's also a different vari- variety of genres, like there's uh, a lot of fantasy and and horror comics there. And there's also a lot of relationship drama and, and stuff like that. And then there's a thing that's really popular in Finnish scene, especially in the Finnish lang- uh, speaking scene, is the comic diaries. Like a lot of people have these comic blogs that they, they post. And then they like update their daily lives and there's big communities behind those diary posters. Like people love to read how their day is going and how others are doing. And then they then they have these uh, communities where everyone can post post their post their blog posts and, and share their lives that way. So there's a there is a comic scene in here and there's like this. A comic magazine as well that features like the Finnish scene and what's going and what's rumbling, and and it's 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 uh, it's quite small scene, but I think it's very like it's it's vocal and there's a lot of different branches like a lot of different like I said like there's this fantasy creators and then there's horror creators like me people who make like fictional comics and then there are like the comic diary people. And then people who really are interested in making like these uh, comics that um, handle different topics, like maybe politics, maybe like feminism um, um, uh, and representation type of comics. Um, and then there's like uh, comics that handle like uh, topics like maybe depression and all these kind of like struggles we we might base in our livelihood so that has been a diff, uh, very popular popular genre if i could say it. a popular topic in finnish comic scene right now is to talk about like the real life challenges of different people uh, person groups what is the scene like in web comics like you are my second person in web comics uh, interviewed on the show so oh. what's your perspective in uh, uh, in Finnish or overall webcomics? Overall, in English, what you're doing in English. Uh, yeah, 
I think webcomics, it's like, it's the same thing in Finland, but even bigger, like the variety and the talent that's in there is huge. Like I'm, I'm just a small uh, drop in a bucket or in the sea when you think about it, because there's like new webcomics started daily. Like there's everyone can. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, there's the, there's the t- talent on the level of doing is insane like and i think that's the that's the great and scary thing about it like both as a creator and as a reader because there's so much and whatever you can think of there's probably webcomic made of it because it's like completely indie you can do whatever you want you can read whatever you want so people can uh, produce any kind of comic they want so the library of what the, what is there to read is it's insanely huge uh the one thing i do miss is the uh, era when everyone had their own websites i'm not such a big fan of these sites like tapas or line webtoon i do think they take the they take some identity away from the web comics and i do prefer reading comics that have their own sites you know the creator owned like the, those are my favorite kind of places to find comics but but then again, those kind of apps like Line and Tapas are great for to bring more casual casual readers into webcomic scene because then they can easily follow follow the comic they want and find new reading. So so it's good. But as per, personal preference, I do like the creator-owned places more. Yeah. But yeah, the scene is the scene is really great and it's it's huge. Like there's like little umbrella communities all over the place and. I do think like it can take some some time to find your spot, but eventually I, I do think everyone can find like-minded creators in there in, in the internets and, and it's really it's really nice and helpful community in a way as well. Like people are people are very helpful with, with new people and willing to help out and share some information and especially when there are collectives like Spider Forest, which I'm part of, which is like the webcomic creator collective that um, they accept uh, new um, new applicants like every year. And they basically offer hosting help and some promotion help. And also this kind of community uh, of people, fellow creators who have their own shared projects and, and they can like share advice and experiences in their in their life in in comics and that's that's a great that's a great resource for for our level of creators let's talk about that for a second so collectives like spider forest yeah so they have a certain number of uh creators Mm -hmm. and then they accept a few every year you say and they also have their own audience so they talk to the audience hey we have someone new check this out check out this new thing yeah they have their own own website that has all the all the comics like listed and and they also have their forums and discord server server where everyone is free to join in and and chat a bit with them and and then there's like the creator creator specific places where the creators and the members can interact with each other but also interact with with people from outside and it's it's really it's really welcoming community at least in my my experience in there has been very pleasant and they have a variety of different genres genres in there and the application seasons are usually quite busy and there's some really fantastic comics and creators added every year 
And there, there are many collectives like this. So uh, it's kind of a way for web comics creators to, to shine. Uh, I'm most familiar with Spider Forest, but there are some like there's a lot of like I'm not sure if there's a lot of collectives quite like them, but there's a lot of communities like different mm. servers and different groups for different kind of creators. So mm. there's a lot of those like uh, I'm I'm joined in ten different webcomic Discord servers at this point probably. <laughs> So, and not not very active on all of them, but but there's a lot of chances to chances to go and hang out with different different creators. And I think at this point, many webcomic creators also have their own own little servers for their own comics. So it's nice to like visit in those as well and keep tabs in that in that no, regard. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, wait a second. I should have thought of this before, but I didn't. So the Discord servers. Um, yeah. Talk about them. What's in the Discord? In various Discord servers. Like I, uh, I want to learn about the, you know, the Yeah, of course. Uh, the Discord servers are in this uh, application called Discord. That's uh, you are familiar with it, yes? Yes. Yeah. So, so there's basically uh, uh, different servers for, for example, collective like Spider Forest have their own server, which is quite big, mm. and you can you can join in there and chat. And then there's other comic servers as the um, web comic servers that, that also maybe are not as collective, like they are just like big hangout rooms that you can join in if you are interested in comics and you can go those. And then, the, uh, for example, my comic like Numb, Numb has its own small Discord server that you can join in from the website or from my links in Twitter and Instagram. And that's basically for the readers and uh, people who have read Numb and want to talk about it and hang out and they are very welcome to join in. Join in and chat about the comic in there and about other things as well. Like it's all about uh, creating a nice community around the comic. And alongside Numb, like there's plenty of other web comics that, that host their own Discord server. It's really up to the uh, creator if they have the energy and the drive to like have it up and monetize it but but it's it has been i think from what i have seen it has been a really nice way to connect with your readers and like see that there's some some like activity behind the comic as well because not everyone wants to like comment to every page and they can be silent readers but it's really nice when some silent reasons silent readers join in the discord and let you know there that they are enjoying the story like that's always great when it happens interesting okay i learned a lot uh anything else you wanted to mention and we didn't uh i'm not sure mm. no uh, uh, one thing is that uh, i indeed have like printed the first volume of this uh, numb um, this year and next year in spring I will be I will be crowdfunding the, the second volume mm -hmm. so we will be we will be starting that so I will be making noise about that in my Twitter and Instagram and yeah. let me know about it so I can make some noise too uh, yeah I will thank you very much and so I, I did have one more question like did there today the did you get any questions about uh, turning this into a television show or a movie. Oh, there, there's there, there was there was one fan who was like, "So when is Netflix gonna <laughs> gonna 
gonna contact you and uh, it would be it would be great i would i would love it it would be really cool to see it someday i have made animated trailer for the for numb and i'm planning to make it more detailed because i'm also animator so i love to love to do that kind of stuff as well but just need to find time to finish it but yeah like movie comics as uh, tv series yeah that would be that would be really cool okay. to see i've learned because there's more interest in the world and there's more places i've decided i ask almost all of my guests about this yeah uh and so where can people find you uh, yeah you can find me from uh, twitter from a uh, handle and salmelin and in instagram it's art of nina evelina and in the numb numb my comic can be found from ninaevelina.com and there will be a link for numb like you will see a big like title of numb and click it and it will take you to the comic site so you are it's completely free to read and there's over 400 pages of excitement and uh, watercolor arts for for people to find find there so i do hope they check it out if they are interested Thank you so much to Nina. By the way, creators and fans from around the world, if you want to be a guest on the show, contact me. I want to hear your stories. I will leave my email later on. You can find Nina on Twitter. She's at N-S-A-L-M-E-L-I-N. On Instagram, she's art of Nina Evelina. Check out how I spell that in the episode. There are two eyes, wherever you think there's going to be one. Her comic book, Nam, is www.ninaevelina.com and you can find those links in the show notes next time because there's always a next time and there are always more geeks around the world with their own stories. Next time we go from Finland to our first Italian guest who will take us on a trip around the world to talk about science fiction and fantasy we have literally never seen. So stick around for that. Geek Them Powers releases three episodes a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Email me with anything at guy.hasson, that's H-A-S-S-O-N, at geekdomimpowers.com. The website is geekdomimpowers.com on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're at geekdomimpowers. My name is Guy Hasson. If you want to check out my other podcast, The Squash Buckler Diaries, which is an experiment in epic fantasy, feel free to check it out. The Squash Buckler Diaries. I will see you next time. And for now, have an empowered day.